Welcome to our health and wellness segment. We just wanted to share some tips with you to enhance and enlighten your total wellness. As they say, health is wealth. Welcome to another health and wellness segment for Soul Sisters on the Run. One half of Soul Sisters on the Run, Sabrina is here with you today to share another health and wellness tip. Well, last week I briefly mentioned um, the documentary on uh, Netflix that I watched called um, Live to 100, The Secret of the Blue Zones. And then it's funny because this past week, um, NPR um, posted an article about this the documentary um, and then they basically kind of break it down on the seven habits um, to live a healthier life based on the, um, uh, the findings that the author of the documentary discussed. Um, and so I just want to share those with you all because these are pretty, pra- you know, they're practical things that we can incorporate in our lives. Of course, we're not, you know, in these different countries and um, where everything is um, from the ground to the table um, as far as food and how they produce their food and um, cultivate their food and everything. But we can get as close to that as possible. As I mentioned, some things that I try and do, um, you know, I've been working on myself, um, just trying to be as healthy as possible. And then just because of how things are mass produced here, um, that does put us at a disadvantage. But there's still some things that we can do to improve our lifespan and improve our life and our health. Um, So I want to share that with you all. So the first thing um, that they mentioned is uh, called Trade the Lazy Boy for a Mat and a Garden. So in the documentary, they mentioned how a lot of people, like I said, they plant gardens and they're eating the foods that they're eating are coming straight from the gardens to their garden to the table. Um, and so I know with our lifestyle and we're busy and depending on where you live, um, if you have land or not, you may not be able to garden, but there are ways to, uh, at least plant some things. I know during the pandemic I had gotten, got into gardening, um, and I had planted a couple of vegetables, in the pots and I was just, you know, kind of successful at it. I was kind of proud of myself. Um, so I had like some kale, cucumbers, cherry tomatoes, um, and some herbs, um, and mint leaves. And it was something else. Um, I think basil. Yeah, basil. Um, so I did that in a pot cause I didn't want to dig in the ground and, um, have it permanent. So I planted my items in a pot. So you can do that. Even if you're in an apartment and you just have a balcony, you can do a, uh, do a little parted garden, um, on your balcony or hang in pots. Um, that will, those work as well. Or even for like the herbs, you can do little pots and your window sills. So those are things that we can implement in our lives here, um, to give us the option of having you know, fresh foods without all the processed 
preservatives and chemicals and everything that they use, the pesticides. Um, and then also just the practice of gardening. It's a functional movement, the up and down, you're squatting low. That was the other thing that they were saying that a lot of the countries, and of course, a lot of them, several of them were Asian countries, but, um, and I know several Asian countries, things, they sit on the floor, um, they do a lot of squatting. Um, and if you've ever been to like one of those um, Asian spas, they even sit on a little stool when they take a shower. Um, so just that movement alone, that's basically equivalent to how we do squats because you're low coming up, but you're just using your own body weight. Um, so those are things we can do. And I really wanted to emphasize that because I know as we get older, I know so many people now at my age and older are having hip replacement surgery because we're more sedentary and, you know, we're driving everywhere. So we're in cars, sitting, we're sitting at a desk all day. Then we come home, sit on the couch, watch TV or whatever. And we're not that active. Um, So first thing that, not the first thing, but the major thing that really gets tight on us are our hips. Um, and that could cause some major damage. Um, even with runners, a lot of runners end up having hip issues, even though we're running and I can speak for myself, my hips are always tight just because the fact that I'm sitting all day. Um, so I intentionally do squats every time I do strength training, um, to kind of help that those joints, those hip joints and, uh, the mobility and flexibility in my hips. So part of that, the gardening, um, physical aspect of it helps our joints and our hips, um, our knees, because you are kneeling, squatting down when you're doing gardening. So that was the first thing that they mentioned. Um, and then the second thing was it's, uh, stated, uh, ditch DoorDash and eat like a peasant. Now eating like a peasant, eh. I don't know about that, but I get the idea behind it. You know, basically they're saying stop eating out as much and get back to eating whole foods and root foods. Um, because, you know, well, we know eating out is just, it's not healthy. Again, you're filling your bodies with fats, sugars, um, preservatives, chemicals, and it's just not healthy. Um, and they were saying the people in the blue zone, they eat um, like a lot of soups, like minestrone soup, um, barley, vegetables, tomatoes, olive oil, which we've always heard that the Mediterranean diet is one of the best diets. Um, but it's because of what they're eating. And these are not expensive food. They eat a lot of sweet potatoes, too. They're not expensive foods, even as high as uh, food prices have become now, um, those are kind of inexpensive foods and it's just a way to maintain your health and make sure that you're getting those whole grain legumes and whole foods in your bodies, green beans, um, and then, you know, all of our green vegetables. So that's the second thing that they suggested. Um, also, let's see, the third thing was to reduce meat and aim for a plant forward approach. Now, you don't have to become vegan. You don't have to become plant-based. But even if you cut back, you know, on eating meat maybe once a week, you know, and we've discussed this before, do like a meatless Monday. 
um, just to cut back on some of the meat that you're eating because it does your body takes a lot longer to pro process and break down um, meat versus you know vegetables and grains um, and legumes. So try and cut back on how much meat that you are eating. Um, and then see how your body reacts to it. I'm pretty sure it will react in a positive way. And then the fourth thing is that states give loneliness a boot, become a joiner. And so that was the other thing they uh, discussed how, yes, people age, they had basically their support system. They had families, they had friends, they were involved um, in like the town that I mentioned, Loma Linda in California, those people, that blue zone, they were all part of the Seventh-day Adventist church and they were very active and, um, involved in the church and had a support system as they age. And I know here in the United States, we kind of tend to isolate a bit more. Um, I know for me, I'm an only grew up as the only child so I don't have you know a large family um the fact that I did grow up in another state from the rest of my family um I just don't have that extended family that I grew up with so that I know for me that is definitely something I'm going to have to work on um establishing my support system as I age um just to be involved just to be more social um and have something to look forward to. I kind of, I did have that in Chicago. Um, when I was, like I said, when I had my family there and then my running group, which was excellent because we did so much, um, so many things together, you know, for holidays. We did our heels before grills. We had certain events throughout the year. We had a semi-formal event, a formal event. So that basically was my social life. So I had a network of, um, really cool people that I was, you know, socially involved with. And we all were like-minded because we all were runners or triathletes or combination. Um, so it just, we all just got along. So I, that's something I'm going to have to work on here in Maryland, um, developing that, my social support group. And then the fifth thing was revamp social media to cultivate friends and a sense of purpose. Um, so basically coming off of social media, because even though, you know, they say social media brings us closer, but it really doesn't. All we're doing is looking into these screens at other people's lives. Um, but we're not really engaging with each other, interacting with each other. Um, and then having a sense of purpose, volunteering, getting involved in your community. Um, and again, that's something I definitely want to work on myself. Um, as you all know, I am a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. And so I definitely have to get more involved here in Maryland. I was involved in Chicago, but I haven't, you know, still kind of figure things out and get acclimated, get myself situated here. Um, so that was my goal, is my goal for this year to get involved again um, in the sorority and to give back because you get you have such a sense of sense of purpose. Um, and it's just for me, it's so fulfilling to be able to give back and um, help our community get involved in whatever capacity that is, whether I'm, you know, 
assisting with anything dealing with voter registration or we're, you know, doing a health and wellness event um, or fundraising, raising funds for scholarship, giving fun scholarships to students going to college. It's rewarding when you give back and it gives you a sense of purpose um, and it just kind of helps you put things in perspective, a sense of gratitude um, as you live your own life and you're grateful that you're in a position to be able to help others. So that's something uh, that was um, item number six. The sixth one is in lieu of an afternoon espresso, take a nap. And so they were really big on taking naps um, in in the middle of the day. And I really wish, you know, we can incorporate that more in our society here because we're so production driven. Um, and a lot of corporations, you know, really don't give you the time to really rest. But, you know, for the most part, if you have a job where you can take an hour, you have an hour lunch break, take a nap. I have done that before. Um, Especially like really when I'm tired, I use my lunch break and I'll just sit at my desk, put my head down and take a nap um, when I need to. And I need to just get in the habit of doing that, even if it's for 10 or 15 minutes, just put my head down, close my eyes, just to allow my body to rest and recuperate. And then after my lunch break, you know, get back at it and be ready to get going again. So that's just... um Something we need to look at or try and incorporate into our lives um, to help us to be more productive. And then the last one was trade big city rents for an affordable home and maybe keep your parents nearby. Um, so like one of like they were showing in Singapore, 80 percent of the people own their own home, um, which is high. So when they were interviewing the people and some of the agencies there, they purposely build um, these communities and they were, they kind of look like high rises, but a lot of them were like senior established, senior buildings. Um, and they encourage ownership because one, you know, when you own something, you take care of it because now you own it. Um, and it's just, you, well, that, well, I guess, but there, they weren't, like I said, they were like high rises, so they weren't single family dwelling homes. So they didn't have to worry about, you know, cutting grass, shoveling the snow, whatever, all of that. But they still own their property like condos. Um, so they had a sense of ownership, a sense of pride, um, but they had that community. And so they were able to, you know, come together. They had events and activities planned um, and that developed ownership, well, developed a social support system for them. And that goes back to the other one where it talks about, you know, become a joiner. Um, and then some of the um, other countries, um, like in Italy, they have large families. So a lot of their elders live with someone, one of the relatives, and they each take turn, take turns uh, taking care of them. So, you know, that's the beauty of having a large family. I know for me, I'm, like I said, raised as an only child. I don't really have that support system. Um, but that's cool if you do have a large family because, you know, families come with the good and the bad. You have drama, whatever. But at least you do have that support system. And then you're able to 
learn from your elders, take care of them, look after them. Um, and that's just a great thing to have. Um, in this country, we kind of don't really respect our elders. Um, everything is about being young, the 20-something-year-old. You, you know, you turn the TV on and everything is geared towards younger people. Um, but other countries, they value and they respect their elders. And that's something that we have to look forward to or that we need to look forward to and appreciate here in the in United States. So I just wanted to share these things with you. I just found it really interested, interest, interesting. Um, like I said, that documentary is called Live to 100, The Secrets of the Blue Zone. So these are some of the things that I'm going to work on myself, as I mentioned last week. But I want to share them with you all and maybe see if, you know, there's areas in your own life that you can improve to become healthier, live longer, um, and just have a vibrant life. Because for me, that's what I want. I don't want to be stuck, um, limited, my, my mobility limited, uh, my brain um, it's limited. I want to be as strong and as healthy as I can and function as best as I can as I age. And that was the thing that kind of tripped me out because as the guy, as he was interviewing people in the various countries, these centurions, these hundred year old people, they were very active. The, I think it was in Costa Rica. He had interviewed a lady. She was chopping wood and she was a hundred and something years old, over a hundred years old, still chopping wood. I mean, can you imagine? It, I, I don't even know, you know, I've seen on social media different people, you know, where they've interviewed people that are 100 some years old. But being able to have the physical fitness to chop wood, that's amazing to me. Um, but they have, they live physically, functionally physical lives. So it's not that they're going out running and, like I said, doing you know, specific exercises for an hour. It's just functional. It's how the, it's just a lifestyle for them. They walk everywhere. A lot of those places are very hilly. So they're walking hills, up and down hills. And, and that's their transportation. They're gardening, which is physical. That's up and down. Um, they do a lot with their hands and like chopping wood, you know, so they're it's just a physical lifestyle, which is the complete opposite here in the United States. So that's just something to think about and see what you can do to improve your own health and your own uh, lifespan. So as I say, health is wealth. And as Keisha and I always say, from our soul to your soul, take care and live your best life. Thank you.